Yeah, it's time for the weekly summit, sermon or teaching. Let's get with it. Praise the Lord, everyone. Let's pray before we begin today. Jesus, we love you, Jesus. God, I just pray that you just anoint our ears today and help us, Lord, to get what we need from your word and your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, t- the title of today's study is The Ophitel Wind. And I'm using that word Ophitel, O-P-H-I-T-E-L. You can look it up in the Greek. It's a Greek word. But I want to begin with uh, this concept, this outline. The outline is this, that if we as Christians are in the will of God, if we're going to do the will of God, we have an opponent. The opponent is the Ophetel wind. And this is what this wind brings. Number one, it brings discouragement. Number two, it brings distraction. And the third thing it brings is fornication. And not just physical fornication, but spiritual fornication. The idea is that the devil will oppose us for any time we will do the work of God. You have to expect it. It's sort of his way of giving us a compliment, but at the same time, it's his way of trying to get us off the rail. Now, what will happen is that the enemy, the Ophetel, will use somebody who is susceptible in their mind, who sees something wrong with what we are trying to accomplish for God. And the Ophetel wind will hit certain people and they will come to us and they will say things to us and they will try to discourage us. And that's the first thing I want to talk about is the Ophetel discouragement. Let's go to the Bible, shall we? As usual, I'm going to have Miss Electron read for us. Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 to 24. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. 22. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Don't do this, Lord. This is not for you. 23. But Jesus turned and said unto Peter, Get you behind me, Satan, for you are thoroughly offensive to me, for you have no appetite for the spiritual works of God, but only those that be of carnal men. 24. Then said Jesus unto all of his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. If you're ever going to do anything according to the will of God, a work for God, expect the devil to show up and say something like that to you, like he did to Jesus. You can't do it. Cancel culture was invented by the devil. Now, in my own experience, that when the Lord asked me to start a church, my own pastor came to me and gave me three scriptures telling me that I was not to leave his church. Now, I couldn't figure it out because I really felt compelled by God that I needed to take the step. I even felt that God wanted me to go somewhere. Circumstances do not dictate the will of God for us in our lives. And so I proceeded forward and and, uh, I saw the opposition immediately and I thought, well, am I in God's will? Is my pastor right? Am I supposed to uh, stay here and not uh, go start this church that I want to start? 
And so he says, no, you need to stay here and my brother and I will do all the preaching and uh, you work the altar and things are going good here. And uh, so I thought, geez, man, I, I really started reeling. And so I began to question whether I had heard the voice of God and what I was supposed to do. Listen, if you're ever gonna do anything for God, don't listen to anybody else's voice because discouragement will be the first voice that you're going to hear. The second thing that happened to me was another man who uh, wanted to start a church in the same town I did. It was a small town, about 4,000 people. He says, I'm called to that city and I'm going to do it. And they, he told me on the phone, I'm going there. He had no idea that I was going to do it. And that was the second voice that I heard of discouragement. Well, I got to tell you that God saw my situation and said to me, uh, through my sons, both of my sons said to me, Dad, we've never known you to back off from anything that God told you to do. And for at that moment, God intervened and spoke to me and it gave me the courage to go forward in spite of the voice of Ophetel, the accusing, the discouraging wind. Job chapter two, verses three to nine. And the Lord said unto Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that respects God, and spits out evil, and still Job clings to his integrity, although you moved me to be against him, to destroy him without a cause. 4. And Satan answered the Lord, and said, Skin for skin, yes, all of the wealth of man will he give for his health. 5. But put forth your hand and touch his body, and he will curse you to your face. 6. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, only you save his life and not kill him. 7. So went Satan out of the presence of the Lord, and smote Job with painfully sore boils from the sole of his foot up to the crown of his head. 8. And Job took unto himself a sharp piece of pottery to scrape his boils, trying to clean them and get relief. Then Job sat down among the ashes. 9. Then said his wife to him, Do you still retain your integrity? Go on Job, curse God, and die. Probably no Ophetel voice hurts as much as the voice from your own family members. Don't be surprised if you're going to get into the will of God if the Ophetel wind doesn't hit one of your family members to discourage you. What's wrong with you? You're suffering. Your circumstances are telling you that you're not in God's will. Well, then, of course, Job uh, had three friends who came to him, super spiritual friends, by the way, saved Christian friends. And they said, you must have sinned or you wouldn't be having these problems. You wouldn't be getting this pushback. Must not be God's will. What did you do wrong, Job? That's the voice of Ophetel also. What we need to do is that when we start to do the work of God, whatever that work might be, whatever ministry you're going to start, whether in my case it was a church, you're going to hear opposing voices. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to listen to them? Or are you going to get your mental toughness up and say, I'm going forward. You know, naked I came into this world and naked I'm going out. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. You're going to hear a voice of discouragement whenever you're in the will of God, and the enemy will be quite angry that you're going forward. Don't listen to him. Tell him where to go, to Tartarus, the abyss. Rebuke him in Jesus' name. 
Know that this is God's way of telling you that you're in his will. Listen, in my case, uh, yes, I had a very close relative that told me, you can't do this. You can't be a pastor. My own pastor said to me, you don't know how to counsel. You didn't. You're not a counselor. And then I asked him, where did you get your degree in counseling? <laughs> he had no degree in counseling. You're going to hear discouragement. And people have uh, their own thoughts that the Ophetel wind comes to them. It's, you know, you've got to decide. You've got to decide what you're going to do when you hear this voice. Numbers chapter 22, verses 10 to 13. And Bilam, a prophet, said to God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent for me, eleven, saying, Behold, a people has come out of Egypt which marches to the center of the earth. Now come, curse them for us. Perhaps I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the center. Twelve, and God said to Balaam, You shall not go with this confederation. You shall not curse my people, for they are blessed. Thirteen, and Balaam rose in the morning and said to the leaders of Balak, Go to your land, for Yahweh has refused to give me permission to go with you. Well, here's the sad case of a prophet that has come with a word for you. You're not to go. <laughs> the prophet has been sent to curse. Ophetel wind on the prophet. Listen, a prophet never gives you direction. A prophet can only confirm direction. When we get the will of God in prayer, what we should be asking for is a confirmation. Never accept the voice of one word because the voice of one is not true. John 5.31. One witness is never true. We must get a confirmation. For those of you that are thinking of doing greater works for God in your church and you're getting resistance from the clergy, let me say this to you. There is a time of bar mitzvah. The church is the mother, but Jesus is the father. In ancient Jewish culture, the child had to be given to the father at around age 12 or 13 and had a bar mitzvah. The mother gives the child to the father. At some point, the church has got to let go of you. Your pastor's got to let go of you. The clergy's got to let go of you and let you obey the voice of the Father, what Jesus is asking you to do. Push through that negative voice. Push through that discouragement. Push through the voice of Balaam that's cursing you. You can't do it. You're no good. Push through that. Don't listen to it. And by the way, Balaam is in trouble, as we're soon going to find out. Revelation chapter 2 verses 12 to 16 and to the angel of the church in pergamos write he who has the sharp sword with two edges says these things 13 i know your works and where you live even where satan's seat is and you hold fast my name and have not denied my faith even in those days in which antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where satan dwells 14 but I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit fornication. 15. So you also have those who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitanes, which thing I hate. 16. Repent. But if not I will come to you quickly, and will fight against them by the sword of my mouth. If the devil is using someone with the Ophetel wind, then they have become a Balaam. 
a discourager, someone who wants to stop you, curse you. I remember when um, I had a young man come into my church who was a hard rock heavy metal guitar player. Nobody wanted to do music with him because he was unclean. His music was unclean. But of course, his music was simply a different genre. Those people that didn't like his music were Southern Gospel fans. You know, that music you play backwards, truck driver music. Anyway, um, they were against uh, this boy and uh, he was in his early 20s. And I thought, I got to keep this kid in the church. I got to help him be saved. And so I was a singer uh, in uh, church when I was raised. I was first raised in the Assembly of God and then into other, other denominations. So I began to sing with this boy and uh, write music with him. And uh, we had such a good time and we wrote to his genre. Uh, it wasn't necessarily my genre, but as a young man, I liked that style of music as well. And uh, so we did that music and we started recording and we produced a few albums and we thought, well, gee, this music is pretty good. We think it's good. And we were doing good. We'll, we'll sing it at some churches. So we sent it around and all of a sudden we got an email from one of the leaders, the uh, the big leader in our in our uh, section, and he said, "This music is divisive. You can't be doing it." So uh, we sent him the lyrics, and the lyrics went like this. The first song was um, about uh, the one God, Jesus Christ, and all the lyrics were were Christian. Um, the lyrics went, "Should I pray to Father? Should I pray to Son? Should I pray to the Holy Spirit?" Or should I speak in tongues? So I gave it all to Jesus. He's the only one. Uh, there's no God beside him. Uh, he's the three in one. That was the lyrics to the chorus. And the song was godly in lyrics. But because this man didn't like the genre, he said it was divisive. I remember Andre Crouch testifying in the 70s when he came out with some of his music. And of course, a lot of the uh, so-called Christians called it jungle music because it was different than that old hymn music, you know, the old rugged cross, et cetera, et cetera. But now Andre Crouch's music is considered old genre. <laughs> Isn't that funny? But he faced pushback as well. Listen, what am I trying to say? If you're going to do something for God, the voice of Balaam, the curse will come to you. But woe to the person that Balaam uses, that Ophetel voice comes to you, because what will happen is that that person is in trouble with God because the voice of the Spirit, the two-edged sword, the voice of God, has both grace and truth to it. And truth will come, and truth has judgment in it. I remember this man, when it came to dedicate my first church building, I thought he would be appropriate to dedicate it. But you know what happened? He broke his leg that week. God was not going to let him dedicate my church. And the people that opposed, that used the Ophetel voice, they opposed the starting of that church. They were not given a role in that church dedication. Why? Because God remembered that I had to push through that voice. Woe to the person that is used by the Ophetel wind. If you do, repent quickly, apologize, get it out of the way. But now there's something more important I want to tell you in case you've had some opposition and you have some angst against those people. And for a time, I did. I had some angst against those people. But God showed me the device of the devil. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9-11 to 11, For to this end I also wrote, 
that I might know the proof of you, if you are obedient in all things. 10. But to whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For also if I have forgiven anything, of whom I have forgiven it, it is for you, in Christ's person. 11. So that we, through unforgivens, should not be overthrown by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The greatest device of Satan is unforgiveness. Now you can hold a grudge against the people of Balaam, the Ophetel wind, the people that have been overcome by the Ophetel wind, like Peter. What did Jesus tell him? Satan, get thou behind me. Get behind me. It's simply an Ophetel wind. People are susceptible to the voice of Satan at any time. That's why we must pray and get the will of God and the confirmation from God's voice. You're going to get opposition from people that are inside and outside the church when you are in the will of God, when you are trying to accomplish his will. You have got to forgive these people and not hold it against them. And that's what I had to do. I began to think that these people were against me and God didn't approve of me. They were more spiritual than me. They were, they were close. They were higher in position than I was. And so they must be more spiritual. Listen, that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> they weren't more spiritual. It was simply the Ophetel wind. Now we had the fastest growing uh, church in my, in my section, in my state. And that would never have happened had I listened to those voices. I remember in my church building dedication, um, I had the people stand that I had baptized. There was tons of people I had baptized just a few short years and people were shocked. And uh, I had a home missions director there. He smiled and beamed like a flashlight. He knew, like all ministers, that if you're gonna do anything for God, you're gonna hear the Ophetel wind, but don't hold it against those people. You've got to forgive because the devil wants you to fall into unforgiveness and lose your own soul. If you become bitter about what some of these people have done, how the Ophetel wind hit them, just remember, Peter was susceptible to it. All of us are susceptible to it. If we find ourselves being the voice of discouragement, then what we need to do is to quickly repent or the sword, the two-edged sword will come against us. And if people do uh, discourage you, curse you, come against you, don't fall into fornication. Yes, it's fornication to practice unforgiveness in our lives. You're going to have struggles. We are going to have struggles. We're going to have opposition. They'll come from inside, outside, church people, Christians, unbelievers alike. And the, and the enemy, the spirit of Ophetel, is sadistic. It's hateful. It's jealous. It always says can't, won't. It's the original cancel culture. It can come from your personal family. Now, when we started the Summit Church, let me tell you, the voice of Ophetel has been strong. That wind has been strong. But I recognize it from the time before when I experienced it. It comes from family members. It comes from clergy. It comes from jealous preachers. It comes from places that you'd never expect. Regardless, it's one thing to ignore the Ophetel wind's voice, but it's another thing to be unforgiveness, to have unforgiveness in your life, to uh, hate people who have opposed you. You've got to forgive them. And if you get a little bitterness in your heart, you've got to ask Jesus to help you. Bitterness, the root of it, is really, really tough to get out.
you've got to go to God to help you get rid of it. Don't hold it against them. Jesus didn't hold it against Peter. Peter denied him again. Jesus, in John 21, 11, said, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Read that passage in your spare time. And Jesus restored him. Do that with these Ophetel wind voices. Don't hold it against them. It is the way that it works. Okay, God bless you. I hope this sermon helps somebody today. In Jesus' name. to the weekly summit sermon or teaching we meet weekly here in sheboygan wisconsin you can find us at http 153 online.com or visit us at our physical location at 1119 superior avenue sheboygan wisconsin god bless you for listening